0: Like you have to start before you're ready, because when are we ever going to feel ready? You're never ready. And it's always you evolving will, anyway, right? So you will plan, yeah.
1: you will plan to plan to plan. that's
0: the, the complete
2: opposite of what we were told.
0: Though. Yes. Yeah. Right.
2: I think that makes it really scary to get started in anything when you have something inside of you telling you go and something outside of you who supposedly mm. knows more than you telling you to slow down.
0: Hello and welcome to Episode 6 of the Accidental Muralist Podcast. I'm Pam Concier of All Hands Art and today I'm speaking with Randy and Erica Bell, co-owners of RBA Creative. Besides talking about the wild ride of running a small storefront business during COVID-19, we'll hear about an important project a group of black artists are working on and we will discuss the new skills that all humans need to develop in order to succeed in today's world. Welcome to the show. Give us a little introduction of,
1: of who you are. You, you go first.
2: Okay. Um, I'm Erica Bell, and um, my background as far as the art's concerned is uh, dancing. I started dancing when I was seven. and um, what, kind of, what kind of dance? oh um ballet and jazz that's what i started with and then when i got older i moved into other uh more ethnic forms west african haitian um and then i got into modern and stuff and um that was kind of my 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 arts community for a while and then when i uh met randy and we decided to get married um that kind of morphed into more of what we're we're doing now, um, especially since having children and um, trying to raise a family together in Oakland and still at the same time live by our values too, which is difficult. Um, So I did not become a professional artist or a professional dancer and make money that way so um, I had all kinds of jobs, I had several jobs and um, uh, that, that, you know, I just had throughout those years when we got married and had kids and stuff and just always like trying to find a way to where we were both satisfied. I think Randy had, um, I think Randy had an easier time um, just knowing how he was going to uh, satisfy himself professionally. Um, And I think me as a mom, I struggled for a while because my main concern was always the kids. And I just wanted to be present for my children in a way that my parents were not able to be present for me. So we finally, when we had the chance with RBA creative, this kind of allowed us to, um, have something that we could do together that would help us both to live by our values to live by what's most important to us so
0: So, you've mentioned values a couple times and i can imagine what they might be but how what when you talk about it what values are you talking about
2: well i like i was saying earlier i wanted to be present for my children in a way that my parents really couldn't Mm -hmm. um So um, I always, I was a full-time mother on and off. Um, And I think it was on and off because I wasn't satisfied with what my career might bring me, you know? Um, I just wasn't fulfilled and I just really wasn't okay with it. You know, I just, and I, I, I think Randy and I both, in the back of our minds, like, we always wanted to be able to do something together, and I don't. I think we just didn't know how. We couldn't quite find that thing that was going to work for both of us. But when this um, opportunity came up for the space, I was in the right place. He was in the right place, and I knew that this was going to be something that I would be able to kind of find myself in if that makes
0: sense. Yeah, and uh-huh. this is this is a good place to, to back up a little bit because when, to talk more about the business, when I was mm-hmm. moving to Portland from Oakland in 2017, you guys were just creating this space. I actually remember stopping by and there was still paper on the windows. And I think I was saying like, hey, I'm moving next week. I just wanted to say hi and bye and good luck with the space. And then I left town. <laughs> And so I've been watching the development of your space virtually through emails from you guys and your website, which is quite fantastic. I've been spending a little time on it this week. Yeah, it looks really great. (laughs) Um, So unfortunately, even though your space is a mile from where I used to live, I have not been able to participate. But you've been doing so much in the three years that I've that I've been gone because that's about when you open, right? It was about three years ago yeah. this summer. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Um, maybe you can describe the space and how it is really doing what you say, were saying. It's like bringing together all of both of your strengths, it seems, into this one thing. So tell us mm-hmm. tell us about your space. Okay, um,
2: so it, it evolved, it started as, one business i think and you might be able to chime in on this uh randy um we kind of got in there thinking we were going to do one thing and then as we had events and got feedback from the community it turned into what it is now which is the art gallery photography studio and co-working space all for creatives and all on a membership uh business model Um, but that took some time to get all the way there. Um, and I think that I started out mainly as bookkeeping and administrative support and, um, also like behind the vision too, um, being creative and, and thinking of ways that we can use the space, um, while listening to feedback from the community.
0: And Um, talk a little bit about mm -hmm. what you originally had in mind, because the the, Mm -hmm. one of the goals for this podcast is to demystify art making and also living a creative life. And so one theme for me, for sure, and why this podcast is called The Accidental Muralist, is that I never set out to go, you know, like study murals and become a muralist. I just sort of took one step and said yes to one thing and then was asked to do this one thing and and it it grew very organically and I think that's actually a skill that we're not trained in. I think we're kind of trained the opposite way, but my feeling is that more and more that flexibility or that maybe it's a trust in following your own path is more and more important both for living a fulfilling life and for you know doing something that is useful in the world so i like to i like to pick up on the things that you didn't expect or like you know where you set out and then Mm -hmm. how it pivoted into something different
1: yeah i I think it's kind of like art making itself Mm -hmm. or how art making should be based on the account of many artists that I've known in life who are of the belief that if you know exactly where this thing is going to end up then you're not doing art
0: exactly that's what i have right. a favorite quote by i think it's joseph campbell like something i'm paraphrasing but if you if you know exactly where you're headed you're, if you can see your path laid down in front of you it's not your path it's someone else's Cor- path because your path is, you create with correct. every step you take
1: correct if you saw it in you know it's a mo- it's modeled from what somebody else did mm-hmm. and what success metric that you're putting on that path so we were kind of doing somewhat of a traditional path although expedited because um, when we started in conversations about the space, it was kind of just a notion, but then there was a sense of urgency because the landlord who I've known for many, many years, she was like, okay, are we going to do this or not? Right. And so we had to make a decision based on where we were in our business planning, which was kind of getting technical assistance you know, preparing to possibly get a loan. Because I said, I really didn't want to bootstrap this thing like I had the four previous businesses. But we did it anyway, because we weren't ready for that, right? Um, and so we kind of took a leap of faith and got the space without the business model being baked. And then as time went on, you know, like Erica said, we've been listening to the community and kind of taking some cues there, you know, figured out what this business model looked like. And co-working is a thing now. It's a it's a category of real estate, but I've been doing the same thing forever. You know, uh, I had a space and there were people in there working and we created some artwork and um, and we always said that we wanted this space, unlike other uh, other co-working spaces, we wanted this to be something for somebody as opposed to anything for anybody, right? Mm-hmm. So typically-
2: But didn't we, because we had talked about getting this printer. Well, We that thought you we were gonna be printing, like large
1: that was format the, stuff. That was the original business model that we were gonna, we were gonna um, get fine art printers, invest in that equipment, and then we were going to kind of produce and sell fine art limited edition prints. Right. I remember, remember
0: contacting you because I saw that on your website and I was like, yes. Hey, I've been looking for a printer. I, yeah. and then that you were like, happen. Oh, I need to yeah. take that
1: off the website. Cause yeah. we're not going to do that. Yes. Yeah. yeah. We were going to, to go that route, but without the loan, the equipment purchases were not going to happen. Um, Yeah, so we kind of fell into the the co-working business model, and then... um...
2: Oh, but you know what is important to mention? When we started having um, um, open houses and people came, we invited artists in, and, and that's how we first got art up on the wall, and somehow a bunch of photographers came. And that's where we started to get our first feedback somehow just, it was mostly photographers that found us Uh and that's how we got that first feedback about creating a studio. uh,
0: That's That's really cool. I was looking at that on your website just today or yesterday, because as I know, um, when I'm taking more and more pictures to put more artwork on my website in my shop for sale, it's, hard to take pictures. And I used to, I constructed a little light box one time in my old studio. It's, it's really, it's harder than people think to get good product photographs. And when I saw that, I was like, yeah, I can see why that is, it looks like a big part of your business. And what a great resource for not just photographers, but do you get artists who use that space to photograph their artwork they and have. different kinds of uh-huh. headshots, yeah. all the things that all that, yeah, right. that's really cool. Right,
1: it, it, yeah, it became clear that we needed to really monetize every aspect of the business, and so we pretty much done that. Um, most people, it was funny that we were at the beginning. We were tra- in kind of trying to figure out how we were going to describe this place. Is it a collective? Is it a collaborative? Is it co-op? And none of that really stuck. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. it's, not, it's not necessarily a collective. It's not a collaborative. And it's not a co-op, right? But we do aspects of all those things. So we've got a membership. And part of the membership is really kind of the networking involved. So I do consulting work. I I take a lot of photographs, but I'm not a photographer, right? So if I actually need, you know, photography that, you know, kind of has to stand up to any scrutiny, then I've got photographers there that I can bring on to my team. Um, Videographers, same thing. And so everybody can kind of stay in their lane and we can expand each other's business. And again, that's kind of not... Dissimilar to anything that I've ever done, um, I should have probably backed all the way up. Been doing art forever. That's that's kind of just what I did growing up. Um, let's see here. I never really had great success or, or fulfillment with jobs.
0: <laughs> I so hear you. I <laughs> I was a teacher for many years, and I'm so done getting up early. Like I don't want to schedule anything till afternoon. I just yeah, I did that.
1: I'm good. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Did that. Um, so that didn't, um, you know, left college early, didn't finish, and then had to come back and then just started hustling because I always knew it was a trip. I was talking to Daria yesterday and just the light bulb that goes off when you figure out somebody will pay you for your artwork, right? And for mm-hmm. her, you know, she just, she's 14 and she's got a thousand dollar payday, right? Um, for some artwork.
0: Your daughter, your 14-year-old daughter?
1: Right, right. Wow, uh-huh. nice. Yeah, we did a collaborative piece for the AIDS 2020, the global conference, that just um, was supposed to be in San Francisco and Oakland, and they paid, you know, they're, they're paying us. Um, so just figuring that out at 14- That
0: is, that's amazing. You know,
1: is is something else, and she's had the other gig. So um, when I figured that out, it was pretty early, and it was my mom who, you know, she would just kind of, um, find little gigs in her network and then she would have me do it and I would get paid so mm-hmm. I always knew you know that I could hustle up some some monies um, then fast forward when I moved from San Francisco to Oakland um, I've always had spaces always so I' this is our this is my fifth one here um, but I've always had spaces and we always did very similar things. You know just used as a workspace but also use it as a place to convene other artists and like-minded folks and then whenever you get enough like-minded people in the room something good is bound to happen.
0: Mm-hmm. So does this um, feel like kind of a culmination of I mean you' had... I don't know
1: about culmination because I don't know where this thing is going. Yeah, um, that's
0: the wrong word I guess. It's
1: kind of it's kind of just doing what we're doing and because we felt good about the last one it was the timing was all right. We were too far ahead of the emergence of an emerging neighborhood aka gentrification. This one, I think we stuck the landing because we got in before, you know, the rapid changes um, started coming. And fortunately, you know, I've known the landlord for decades and she's just kind of been fantastic. So, yeah, we feel good um, about this one
0: yeah so then just to complete the picture because I don't know if we've given the whole I'll send people to your website it'll be linked but
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, and we talked about the photography services like a, a photography studio kind of setup up in this space it's an art gallery so there's changing is a monthly exhibits or when. it's there
1: it's their artwork it's um, oh the it's personal it's personal galleries the members it's their personal galleries they oh, can do whatever cool. they want. Mm -hmm. that's great yeah I don't I don't curate anything
2: I think that was the first membership model that we came up with because that was based on the premise that um, you are responsible for selling your art that you should not be just relying on um, other people galleries to do your work for you that you must create and you also must be a business person and so whoever wanted to become a member needed to understand that you, this is your wall space, you curate it how you want to, you change it when you want to. We don't tell you what to put up and take down. We also added in that they can uh, do a couple of events per year free. They don't need to pay us anymore for the space. So they can. can, Yeah, they can promote their artwork as they need to, as they see it.
0: We gave gave them business
1: cards. Yeah, Yeah. we gave them business cards with the information on it. It's it's their space.
0: So I have to ask: We're in the you know we're four months into COVID nineteen. How, what does this space look like now? Are you guys closed, closed? Are you starting to...
1: Pretty, pretty, pretty much. much. We closed down and the, the well, so that takes care of the gallery stuff because you can't have open gallery. Mm-hmm. That takes care of the co-working stuff because all of our members, b- businesses shut down. Um, that's the photography, that's the co-working, and that's the gallery, so um we were
2: also renting the space for events too yeah and that absolutely is not happening
1: so we're really behind if it wasn't for the grace of our membership you know they've just been they were fantastic throughout our landlord was fantastic throughout a lot of people didn't want to for whatever reason you know kind of um kind of do the whole government funding thing like we basically got everything that was available. Um, And so hopefully we'll be coming out of this, but we're, you know, in California, we're just, you know, we're going back a notch,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: right? We were going to be the last ones to come back anyway, the public gathering spaces. So we um, kind of went into a um, kind of a, a pivot you know, repositioning, that's where the website came from, and we're going to continue to work on kind of e-commerce strategies. We're going to look at new lines of business that don't require, you know, kind of face-to-face contact and just kind of keep 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 on keeping on yeah keep evolving Mm
2: -hmm. so it's just it's a continuation of the story we started thinking it was one thing no it's not it's this and then every every step of the way it's like oh let's do this membership oh now we're going to do this membership oh now here's the third membership now covid oh now we're going to do this you know so it's a constant you have to you have to be willing to to adapt change evolve all the time because Right. We don't know what's going to
0: happen. And I think that's where people who are, I mean, everybody is creative, but people who already have sort of built a life around creativity, that's what we do anyway. You know, it's kind of an advantage, right? You're like, oh, okay, there's this obstacle. Let's see how I can get around it. Oh, there's this obstacle. Let's, you know, we spend our whole lives kind of Mm -hmm. working around obstacles.
1: and if you have not done that before, you're going to lose your mind. Yeah. Like this is, this is daunting. And so all you, you can do is think about the problem and then don't look at, don't watch the news. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh man, you're really going to be in trouble.
2: I think I can speak to the about to lose your mind part because <laughs> I definitely, um, I, I, it's like Randy was like born this way. Like that's just who he is. But I've had to learn how to be, because I, I didn't come from the space that mm-hmm. he came from. So as these changes keep happening, especially in the beginning, I was just like, I, yeah, I could see how I'm going to lose it in a second. Like, I what wait, what are we doing now? What? Mm-hmm. So um, over time with the, and talking about embracing and accepting and, you know, I think we, we talked about that a little bit earlier, ex- embracing what is and, and accepting, you know, mm-hmm. who you are and what your life is and what you can make of it. That really helps. It helped me to learn how to um, use more of my, cre- allow myself to use more of my creative side.
0: And I think it's a muscle, too, like the more you get used to doing that, the the else I was going to say easier. I'm not sure if it gets easier, but it comes a little more naturally. And maybe the times where you stay in the like, oh, my God, now, what? <laughs> now, you know, like mm-hmm. um, in those places of like what mm-hmm. maybe last a little bit <laughs> shorter before you switch into problem solving mode and yeah
2: yeah because it can be really scary when you don't come from that space it can be really scary and then you just kind of i don't want to say get immune to it but like you said you kind of get used to it you kind of just trust mm-hmm. there's a little bit more trust
0: yeah um, and there's there's so many things happening right now that feel like big sweeping changes and I Mm -hmm. feel like all of us are going to need to learn how to use that creative muscle to adapt and think of better ways of running things not only healthier ways because of COVID-19 and how can we creatively still stay in business while dealing with this um, virus but how can we make things more Create better systems where the ones we inherited are inherently unjust, and you know I think for a lot, of, you guys are roughly the same age as me. I think I'm 54. I don't. You're a little bit I'm younger. I'm 52. Maybe. Yeah.
1: This is the baby. This is the baby of the bunch. I'm <laughs>
2: 45.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Young spring chicken. Um, but I, yeah, just, or maybe it was just me and some. I just kind of had this acceptance of like, okay, this is the way the world works. That's what everybody said, you know, how it works. And and not that I wasn't trying to do useful things out into the world. It's always been really important for me to feel very purpose-driven. Um, but I have this, comp- I feel like every day I'm sort of questioning new institutions from, marriage, to how schools should be, to, you know, like every big accepted thing, everything is up for reconsideration. And, you know, like, maybe we can either tweak it to make it better, or in some cases, just, you know, like, it needs a complete overhaul. And I feel like that's going to be an increasingly important skill, unless people are resigned to just being sort of fossilized into these old ways of being because it, yeah. the people who are stuck in the old ways are feeling to me more and more dated and out of touch. And I think there's yeah. a nimbleness and a flexibility that's just only gonna become more important going yeah. forward because mm-hmm. like, we need some things to change. Mm -hmm. Well,
1: and some of those people are scared to death right now.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're
1: scared to death. And it's manifesting itself in kind of a rage. Very interesting, you know, being in Oakland, although I guess they're protesting up in Portland as well.
0: Yeah, every day.
1: Um, I've been very active with the Black Cultural Zone um, here in Oakland. And one of the members, her name is Mizan, and her whole family is up there now and they just happened to be in Portland on Friday as we held in what we called an ally call because early in the day we had a black artists call. So just amongst the black artists, how are we feeling about, you know, kind of how this movement is being portrayed because we're managing the documentation and preservation of protest art. So all of downtown, was basically just totally covered in art as the barricades went up. Everybody boarded up their stores, and then just massive amounts of art stopped, started popping up.
0: I read about that. I'm still on the yeah. mayors and some people's newsletters, and yeah, it's yeah. Amazing.
1: So we've we've got at least four or five articles that we that I did. You know, I did KQED, I did KCBS, I did uh, the Guardian out of the UK. But as she was um, facilitating this Zoom meeting on Friday you know, with a, the allies, because we wanted to make sure that the, 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 the allies, the non-black artists knew that why we were taking the lead on this, because the art was really an illustration of, it was a narration of black paint, right? We have to understand why there was a mm-hmm. protest, mm-hmm. why there is protest art because a black dude died, right? And so who can hold that conversation? It's not about the art. It's really about the conversation about, you know, kind of how we move forward. So we needed to let them know we weren't trying to, you know, hijack any artwork, anything like that. Um, But the Oakland Museum came behind us. Art Murmur came behind us. and, And at least this constellation of groups has determined that the black cultural zone should be, and it's only appropriate that we take the lead in the conversation and they will support us in that. But she was facilitating this Zoom meeting from Portland and she was like, hold on just a sec. And we had to wait for the protest to, to she was like right in the middle of the protest. <laughs> uh, they're going around, fun.
0: yeah, They, I as far as I know, they're still happening every night and they're going around to different neighborhoods, which is kind of awesome. Yeah. Sometimes they're in cars, you know, people with signs, of honking. we've gotten in one of those before. And um, yeah, it's, it is ongoing, which is really great to see because Portland feels super white. I mean, I'm white, but when I moved here, I was like, where are all the <laughs> people of color? It's really strange coming from Oakland. It feels very unnatural and weird. Um, but it's been it, it kind of and there it feels like there was so much racial tension here that I wasn't used to like maybe just because I don't know it I do feel like these protests have kind of broken through something here and it you know I go around the neighborhood and every single house has some kind of sign and the kids made it or the you know the dog's wearing it or it's just like everywhere and I hope that it's days um, do
1: you think that's just portland what are they saying in medford because there's you know other spots in oregon where they they're probably not on the black lives matter uh, well
0: you know interestingly there was a big date recently for protests and there were so i looked at the map it was nationwide but i looked at the map of where there were protests in oregon there were some in these small towns burns I think there was one down near Medford or uh, Klamath Falls, like places that you Roseburg, there was Mm -hmm. one. So, you know, even places that are not, and we're seeing that around the country,
1: right? Yeah, we are. Mm -hmm.
0: Towns that are 97% white are out there having black lives matter protests. So Mm -hmm. I, I hope that it's, continues i think well it's up to us to continue it and white people to see it as our fight too it's not your problem you didn't create this problem
1: it's all a tipping point it is it
0: totally feels that way doesn't it
1: yeah yeah it's all a tipping point it's the same with black on black crime right it's all a tipping point one it's important that people don't conflate issues because we're hearing a lot of that and say
0: say more about what you mean by that
1: oh well police crime isn't a problem what you need to be doing is you know concerning yourself with black home black crime right
0: okay Mm
1: -hmm. right those are two separate issues both Mm -hmm. of them terrible right but Absolutely, two separate issues. Okay. So, yeah. you know, like conflating them is like saying all lives matter. You're, you're trying to. It's, it's a deflection. You know, we're already hearing, you know, like white people saying that they're tired of talking about race. Right? It's like, well, <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah, you're, that's, you're tired of talking about it,
0: right? That's the privilege of being white. You right? know, you can dip you in and out. Just started three weeks you...
1: ago. What you, what are you talking about? Yeah. So. We'll see, and then we'll also see when it comes down, you know, talking about money, really just like how resources are or are not expended. And it's not, you know, just around redistribution, but it is just around equity and opportunity. So we'll see how those conversations go.
0: Yeah, and one thing I'm trying to do is get the conversations, Again, focusing on imagination, like it's not enough to say, oh, it's so complicated, uh, reparations, like where would we even start? It's like, well, let's start somewhere. <laughs> let's not start nowhere. By saying it's too hard, let's just start somewhere. And it's yeah. going to take a lot of imaginative thinking to solve these really complex problems, but they, well, it, they have Well, I, to... I
2: mean, I would say that... Um... For me, these last uh, few weeks, ever since George Floyd's death, and people, white people in particular, now opening their ears, now joining, now seeing, oh, this is our problem, too. Or, you know, this Mm -hmm. is not their fault. This is not a black issue. Mm -hmm. Um, I felt validated in a way I've never felt in my life as a black woman. Mm -hmm. And that's a that's a big deal i want to see what what the next story on on the news tomorrow morning's news is going to be because it's like wow we're just getting all this validation suddenly and it's like oh my god they're they're listening they're hearing someone is hearing you know and that that's a big deal i think for for um black people to to feel acknowledged. I think that was a huge, or, and still is, I mean, we've gotta get more people to listen to and understand, but that's a huge part of the problem. The psychological issue, Mm -hmm. the the anger that comes out, that's a part of it because you're not being listened to. You're not being validated what you're feeling. You're being told, you just, you know, it's not really happening. You're being Mm -hmm. told it's not really happening. So it's, it's, yeah, you're too sensitive you know, it'll drive you crazy, you know? So just to have that that break for us, just just that break, and then um, seeing all of the things on social media, people wanting to support black business, and it just feels like, wow, okay, thank you.
1: <laughs> what i told the group, Yeah people I love it. believe, if people think that this is an inflection point, if it, if they think that it feels different, we've got to make sure that it is different.
0: Right. Right. Mm-hmm.
1: Because otherwise it will be um, a lost opportunity with everything coming together at one time. You know, if we don't know and believe that this is an opportunity, then... We can just expect things to kind of settle back in, yeah. Which you know, we don't we don't want to. Others probably do want to because you know, because we're already hearing the pushback. You know, racism is or Black Lives Matter is a terrorist organization and all the rest of this good stuff. You know, the politics are right behind it. So,
0: and it's you know, a little, and then,
1: But this artwork that's coming out is you know, that's been a whole other thing, you know, so it's been, you know, when we said it's that art has always been, you know, an integral part of protest. So it's been pretty exciting.
0: Yeah. Is there, is there a place like a website yet that is documenting, when you talk about documenting the murals, is there a place that, that I could link below or is it in progress?
1: What we've said is that we are documenters of the documentation. And so there's Mm -hmm. a number of sites. There's a guy I've been talking to and just kind of got him on board. His name is Mark Lilly. Mark Lilly Photography. You know if somebody gets up at 4 or 5 in the morning to go take some pictures. (laughs) Because the light is right. Mm -hmm. Right? You know he's serious. And he's taking you know, these 50 megabyte files and then stitching them together into hundreds of megabyte files. So he has got a pretty fantastic collection, not only downtown, but also across the city. And then other people are, you know, just a number of like iPhone, you know, documentation. What we're doing right now is we are going back through to kind of document, tag, match the artwork up with the artist, kind of communicate with them communicate with the businesses so when they come down that we have somebody prepared to pick it up or the artist is prepared to pick it up. We have a storage, we have multiple storage spaces for it. You know, that's all the logistics piece. Um, Then there's a secondary exhibition phase of it, you know, both in East Oakland and around the city. And then there's some long-term planning. There will be some kind of an immersive experience And so we're going to start collecting protest video, you know, where it's the sights and sounds are all there, would be pretty fantastic. And then we're also going to start uh, pretty soon kind of doing interviews, kind of storytelling with the artists, um, with their work. Right. So in context, on site, the artists, what's their motivation? You know, kind of what are you doing for the struggle moving forward, that sort of thing. You know, and then there's just some kind of community politics to work out. But those are the kind of different phases. And who knows how long this is going to last because, you know, we we haven't even gotten to the trial. Right. More or less a conviction. Yeah. So yeah. We'll, we'll see. Yeah. And as I've said, this could be a, a full employment employment program for protest art. Because God forbid there be a uh, not guilty verdict on this one oh, all hell is going to break loose. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, we're still seeing videos pop up every other day anyway. Mm -hmm. And so this is, you know, kind of really uh, the the, the reckoning that I hope is most kind of stark in people's minds is that, oh, you know, you know, really, oh, okay, you, you weren't playing. There is, you know, kind of this institution. And they're talking about police brutality, but it's actually police brutality as a as a result of racism, right? Mm-hmm. But they're not talking about racism, right? There's a reason why he got pulled over for nothing. There is a reason why he right. got this treatment as opposed to that treatment. There's, you know, so we're not talking about that. And again, as I tell my daughter, you can't legislate hearts and minds. You can make laws and policies, but a racist is a racist is a racist, right? No law. Kind of changes that, um, but it's been really exciting to see kind of the artwork, you know, out of the protest because it's just so visceral. Yeah. You
0: know? Yeah, it does feel like a tipping point to me, and I, you know, we are on the west coast, little blue over here, but it just, yeah, I I don't think there's any going back.
1: Yeah. So we move forward. What are we doing moving forward, Erica? Um, as far as the business or as far yeah. as we're just doing what we're doing. Oh, we didn't tell you how well we work together. Yeah, let's <laughs> talk so-
0: about <laughs> that. <laughs> oh you're boy. still you're still smiling at each other.
1: Great.
0: <laughs> <laughs> right. we- yeah, that we we had to go through some growing pain.
2: For sure, this We're is still your growing, going through growing pain. This but is still your butt heads.
0: You, it's your first time in a professional no. collaboration. No.
1: Oh yeah, it's not. That first one didn't go too well.
2: Yeah.
0: Okay. Yeah, the
1: first one. <laughs> we had a real estate business together. Okay. Yeah. Before we got married.
0: Well, you right. you got married nonetheless, so you survived it. it.
2: And, it, and shortly after that, it ended. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the business, not the marriage.
2: The business ended, yes. So, yeah, that just turned out to be something. We got, that, we got a
1: kid out of the deal, though. Yeah. All yeah, right. Yeah.
2: yeah. Well, that, you, I think that, that that turned out to be something that just wasn't for either one of us, really. I think if we look back on that now, that, that business wasn't for us.
0: But, um And you have complementary skills, right? It sounds like, Erica, you're more like the organizer, administrator, sort of business runner person. And, Randy, are you more the creative engine, sort of? And then is that how it comes together? Kind of. Kind of. Yeah. But I
1: think it's important for Erica to have a creative role also. Yeah. So it's not like, just like, what the hell am I doing here?
2: Yeah. yeah, I definitely dip into to the the visionary side of it too because I I have to. I have to. That's what makes it interesting for me. I don't I, I've done admin and bookkeeping and, and organizing and all that kind of stuff as a job in the past. It's not a passion. It's just something yeah. that has to be done. And I can handle detail. That's 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 what I can do. Mm-hmm. But I need to have that creative role and the vision too, that
0: because that's that feeds you know yeah and we, and we are whole people i like to sort of butt up against the stereotype of artists as being flaky and you know irresponsible and whatever because i can i i do all my own books i file my own taxes i which I just like to have a handle on it, but I can go, I can spend like five hours in one sitting just diving deep into numbers and it feels really satisfying. I like to know exactly what's going on and then I, you know, can go paint for a few hours and I, I like, I like doing all the parts. Again, it might not be the most efficient way to run a business, you know, because I'm not specializing, but I feel like, well, I, I, I like that being nimble and being a one-person operation, and you know I can hire a little help here and there when I need it. But yeah, yeah. and Don, our, our mutual friend who introduced us, Don Hawk, she um, said in a review of some uh, work of mine of how important <clears throat> it was to have an artist who could actually finish projects like a, public art projects. You know, a finisher. A person who takes a project on and then actually sees it to the end. Yeah. And um, I like to think that most artists can do that, but apparently.
1: Mm, Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't always happen. Yeah.
0: Yeah. But we also don't need to fall into stereotypes of, you know, what creatives are like and what uh, administrators are like. Because we can be all the things.
2: I think that I I, um, do in some ways counteract with with Randy on the vision creative side because he does tend to, he thinks big, which is great. And um, he'll just start moving. He'll just, and I'm the one that's like, wait, wait, but wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. But what about this? But what about, I like have Uh a thousand questions yeah
0: you're you like know? the voice so of I have reason to
2: question myself and say okay are my questions out of something that we really need to look at logically um am I coming from a place of fear you know that kind of thing mm-hmm. um so I think that plays into the nuance of working with your spouse you know because then that causes you to bump heads so I have to ask myself, is this something that I really need to
1: deal with with him or just let it go, you know? But, um, and she's 51% of the business, so huh? uh-huh. on paper. <laughs> mm. And that was a strategic, move. that was strategic. Yeah, We're t- a small t- minority t- woman owned business. <laughs> okay, love it. Yeah, extra, that, yeah, that was strategic. Extra points. Yeah, right. Uh-huh. All right. right. <laughs> All right. So yeah, it's just working those things out. Sometimes she flexes her 51% too.
0: Well, why wouldn't she? (laughs)
1: Yeah, right.
0: (laughs) Well, I love a few things about your plan. One is that you started without having everything all lined up. And that's something I like to advocate too. Like you have to start before you're ready because when are we ever going to feel ready? You're never ready. And it's always evolving will, anyway, right? So you will plan, yeah. you will but plan
1: plan to plan. And that's the, and that's
0: the complete plan.
2: opposite of what we were told.
0: Though. Yes. Yeah. Right.
2: The complete by professionals. Mm-hmm. That is the complete opposite.
0: Right. So that's a So message, it's really, yeah.
2: I think that makes it really scary to get started in anything when you have something inside of you telling you go and something outside of you who supposedly mm-hmm. knows more than you telling you to slow down
1: and that was the, um, yeah. the lean, you know, the concept of a lean startup, right? Test the model before you get a lease, right? We didn't do that. Yeah. We got the lease and then got lucky that, that, that one of the business models stuck. We, we
2: gambled, right? Yeah. I mean, that would be considered, I guess, gambling in the it, world. It, of it, it is
1: gambling. But as an artist, as a person, as a business person, um, sometimes you kind of have to, to go.
2: And that's the other you thing that we have heard go. successful people say time and again, right? Is that they're, they're telling you, professionals are telling you all the right things to do to keep you from failing. But what is failing? And why is that looked at as
0: mm-hmm.
1: a terrible
2: thing? Like you failed, now you can't do anything else. But shouldn't it be you failed and now you can do something else? You can you can still be successful, right? Right. So you, you, you hear all the time successful people say, you gotta fail a lot.
0: Right,
1: it's right? just how, a lesson. How many, how many successful people have not failed? I think that's zero. Right. Right. I think it's zero, right? So if you're planning not to fail, then you're really going to be operating beneath your potential. Because again, you see that, that path to success, that is, it's it's the well, you know, well-worn groove. You see that, but that's not, you know, some some people are cool with that, right?
0: Well, or you won't start because out of fear, like Erica mentioned fear and that's, I think that's another myth, like some people think you have to be like this super brave person. And yeah, I'm brave all the time, but I'm also scared all the time <laughs> and you yeah. have to just do it anyway. And, and the gambling, you said gambling, which it is kind of gambling, but it's also trusting yourself that, yeah. you know, if this thing doesn't work, you'll pivot and, you know, you'll adjust and you'll try something else that might work better. and. You know there will yeah. always be a way out of it, and you know, worst case, okay, you have to sell the business or close it or whatever, and then do something else, and then you've got those yeah. lessons. But,
1: the other motivator is hunger.
0: Yeah, and having kids, you have, you have two, two. right? Two. Yeah, we two daughters. Two. Yeah. So is your fourteen-year-old the older one, or? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: And then we have an eight-year-old. Eight-year-old, yeah.
0: Because yeah. I think. I think all four of you were working on the mural with me once at the CDC, yep. yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. I have a picture uh-huh. of that. So, yep. is there anything else? We've covered a lot of ground. Um, anything else that you want to that you were hoping that I would ask or bring up?
2: What about the paint and sips? Yeah. So um, we had been, I, and I don't at this point I don't even remember how we uh, decided to do the paint and sips. But we had just been having a bunch of um, different types of events and uh, just open houses, some way to get the community in to see the space and know that we were there and what we're doing. And so, and I think I also was like talking to Randy, trying to find a way to get him to use his artistry again because he had been so business minded and um, just it seemed like he had kind of left the artist behind and I thought wow this would be a cool space you know you want to teach art or whatever he's like no I'm not a teacher Um, but when we decided to do the painting which he leads, it's more of a guiding Yeah. you know and we have different themes um, every month to make it fun for people. And we have music and food and all that typical kind of paint and sip stuff. But I think that our twist on it is it's more um, community oriented and it is more free. Like um, you're
0: not all painting the same thing. Is that what you mean?
2: Yeah. I mean, some people are painting the same. We give them choices. So we're not doing everyone paints the same thing and here's how you draw this line Mm -hmm. and number six that's yellow it's Mm -hmm. not that kind of a thing and everybody comes out with the same thing so like one theme was um tony morrison had recently passed away Mm -hmm. and so we decided we would do a book cover art theme. oh cool and we wanted to do some in honor of her but if you had a book cover you wanted to paint and you send us email us the image before you come and we print it out we have people put their image on top of the canvas and trace it and that's how they get through the drawing part of it and then he's guiding them through that and then also guiding them on how to actually paint or color in the image with the paint and what kinds of techniques that they can use and what they should probably do first blah 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 um, so people have way more autonomy, you know, and they come with their friends and they end up talking to people that they wouldn't normally engage with. That's what's been the most powerful thing and, and the most community oriented thing is that people are coming together and socializing with people that they wouldn't normally socialize with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah it, it's, it's it's powerful to witness.
1: And it's super fun.
2: Yeah, and people just have a really good time.
1: We did yeah, music awesome. memories, so we did album covers. Nice. We did Oakland landscapes, we did Oakland cityscapes.
2: Self-portraits. So boarding. the
1: self-portraits and vision boarding. And I think the, the, and I don't know, like I've never been to a, a paint set beyond our own, but um, we're able to give them a technique to transfer an image onto the canvas. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, and I always ask them to start, is anybody afraid of drawing, right? Because it kind of freaks people out. And so people have been like utterly amazed at what they were able to accomplish because it looked like something, Mm -hmm. you know? Some people do their own thing, um, but everybody has fun though. Even the people who are you know kind of looking like they're like stone face throughout
0: they're probably deep they, in they, concentration and
1: in the yes. zone <laughs> yeah so that's that's gonna continue to be we're already selling kind of vouchers for when we're able to open back up
0: it's yeah getting back on your feet whenever this virus lets us yeah Well, it's been great talking to you. and Fantastic. Yeah, thanks for doing this and being creative and providing such a great resource to the community. I'm kind of bummed that I can't be there to use it, but when I'm in Oakland next, I'm going to check it out. Maybe there will be a painting night or some kind of something I can come to.
2: Yeah, hopefully,
0: yeah.
1: Yeah. Awesome. Good. Thanks for having us.
0: Yeah, and I'll put links below to your website and to the protest mural links if I could find um, that information.
1: Yeah, if you go to blackculturalzone.org, there will be some information about the protest art. But the the Black Cultural Zone site kind of explains what we're trying to accomplish in the big picture. Um, You know, because it's not about this moment, it's really about the movement. And if you're not, you know, kind of laser focused on the movement, we'll get, you know, kind of caught up in the moment.
0: And that is a wise note to end on. For more information about my work, you can go to allhandsart.com and sign up for my newsletter to get podcast episodes delivered to your inbox.